Welcome to Life Concierge Podcast. Allow me to introduce you to people you can relate to, learn from, and connect with through conversations that are fun, yet grounded in truth, growth, and perspective. I'm your concierge, Sarah Heider. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. I am so excited to introduce this week's guest, Rose Gabler. Rose is an author, speaker, and creativity coach. Growing up in a family of artists, she felt pressured to be artistically expressive, but didn't know how to connect her innate creative strengths with her desired business goals. She began a lifelong journey trying to bridge this gap and faced many challenges in discovering a solid link. After acquiring her master's degree in business of arts and culture, traveling the world for three years and interviewing hundreds of people in various industries about creativity, she discovered that there were five universal contributing factors that empower our ability to be creative and to utilize it as a skill. She was recently named one of the top 20 female entrepreneurs to look for in 2021, and her newest book, The Creativity Gene, achieved bestseller status in the first day. Now, she lives in Chicago, Illinois with her husband and two golden doodles, working with entrepreneurs, artists, and individuals to hone their creative strengths and align them with personal and professional goals to achieve success. I hope that listening to this episode makes you feel empowered to be creative the same way that I did when I was having my conversation with Rose. So enjoy. Maybe we're already both natural creatives and are, we're already kind of having this conversation. So we'll just go ahead and get started. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for reaching out to Rose. Um, this is actually, I think the first time that I've done an episode with someone who I didn't know before I started the podcast. So you're the first person that I've kind of connected with and networked with that. Then we decided to partner for a podcast episode. So this is kind of a pivotal moment for me. So thank you so much um, for being that person and being part of it. I appreciate it. I'm so excited. I love all the value that you've been giving to your audience. And I was just like, I want to jump in. Like, (laughs) So I'm very excited to learn more about you through this too. So awesome. Well, I, I see a blossoming friendship in the works. (laughs) So Rose, I've creeped on your Instagram. I've creeped on your book that you've written. I've creeped on your website, all of the above. And I just want to start out by asking about the title of your book, um, about the, title that you've given yourself as well. The title of your book is the creativity gene. Tell me a little bit more about what is the creativity gene. Give us like the most simple breakdown. Sure. Well, let me begin by saying that I am not like scientific whatsoever. This is not from that perspective at all. It's um, yeah, just a connection where the creativity gene, I was really trying to think about uh, an idea that we all can relate to that connects all of us in some way or another. And as human species, we're made up of all these different genes that really affect and help us develop who we are and who we become. And creativity is one of those aspects that is a result of those. So um, the creativity gene just kind of came to mind because I was like, we are all human. We are all here. We are all connected and we can all use this 
innate ability and hone it as a skill as well. So um, that's where it kind of also transitioned then into my title, which is a creativity strategist. So I learned how to take kind of the abstraction to the action part. So, yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we're going to dig even more deep into that in just a little bit. Um, But I want to know how you got to this spot. Where does this inspiration come from? Um, Tell us a little bit more about your background and how creativity became such a big focus for you. Sure. So um, my grandfather and my mom are both artists, but before that whole experience, my grandfather actually owned the largest chain of funeral homes in the Midwest, Lakeland Funeral Homes. And when he turned 40, he was told that he had a rare type of cancer and that he would die within months. And he decided that if he beat that death sentence, that he was going to sell all of his funeral homes and start painting for peace, hope, and love. And my grandma said, you've not only lost your health, but you've lost your mind. (laughs) So um, they went to the Mayo Clinic and they got a second opinion. And they said, you don't have cancer, you have mono. So he sold all his funeral homes and wanted to paint and focus on life rather than death. And so I came from a background where like my family literally associated business with death and life with art. And so it was such a like such a large difference of those topics that I always found it difficult to find a connection between them. Like, how do I make creativity and business work together? And um, it wasn't until I went into my master's degree really and started working from there that I started to really delve into the different ideas that and perspectives that we can create and approach in regards to business and creativity. Whereas a lot of businesses traditionally want to keep those two things separate because creativity is also traditionally associated with art. And that um, through my research, I've just learned that that is simply not the case. And then through my personal experience, I learned even more that that is not the case, you know? So um, that's kind of how this whole journey began. And then for the book, I interviewed over a hundred people on the topic of creativity and asked each one of them what their personal definition of creativity was. And I never once got the same response. So right there in that sense as well, I was like trying to dive even deeper into this. Well, why is creativity one of the most required skills in the job force, but nobody defines it the same way, you know, like, so how can we take this wide, like idea of all encompassing creativity and make it accessible and actionable for ourselves and for our businesses, for our lives and so on. And that's how I then um, came up with my personal definition of creativity, which is your uh, creativity is your unique ability to produce new results. So that just kind of, for me, encompassed like all of that creative sense that we all kind of play with throughout our lives. Yeah. I really like that definition too. I really like that. I think not so many people are lucky to be born with sort of both a, a business savvy or, um, a logical savvy side and a creativity side. We think so much Mm -hmm. of people being one or the other, but Mm -hmm. when we really can channel both, um, is when 
you can get, like you said, those results. So, and I, I like the world, I like the word results. So (laughs) I'm a, I'm, I myself would say I'm, I'm pretty creative, but I also am someone who needs like an end result from things. That's something I've Mm -hmm. probably actually been working on trying to do like the opposite of is Mm -hmm. not worrying so much about the results, but letting myself be creative and then kind of letting those results naturally come about. Um, but you talked about studying creativity, um, in, in your master's program, in your education. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the research that you did and some of the findings and maybe even some of the experiences you had in, um, interviewing those different people? Yeah. So, um, I got my master's degree in business of arts and culture from Instituto Europeo di Design in Venice, Italy. So I was there for a year studying with some um, incredibly renowned, like creative individuals. It was just like a, a fantastic program. I was um, working with the um, cult- the global head of cultural development for BMW, like some of the top creativity researchers, um, business developers from Israel, like all over. It was just an incredible program. Um, so that really right there was a huge spark in finding a connection between business and creativity because although Venice is like an art hub of the world I was learning about the like cultural event aspect of it the business aspect of it how to make how does like art and culture and creativity impact an economy type of thing so all these different ideas were just running through my head and so I really began the interview process by talking to people about creativity who I would not normally associate with being creative, you know? So, um, I was, I reached out to an accountant and the accountant said, if I'm creative in my job, I get fired. And I said, yeah, you, you probably do. But, um, he was also a professor teaching accounting. And so then I started asking him about his teaching styles and, it came out that he was actually planning his accounting classes based off of uh, um, inspiration from classical music. And so I was like, you do, you don't think that's creative. And he was like, I guess it like he associated with problem solving. He didn't think of it as creativity. He was like, I'm solving a problem. I'm making a, like a result happen. And that's it. And he, so he thought of it as more of a process and, um, so the more we talked about it, he kind of realized like, maybe this is creativity, you know, maybe I just like am associating my creative strengths with problem solving then. And I was like, that's totally valid. You know, creativity comes in a lot of different forms. And that's another beautiful thing that I found out through my interviews where, um, you know, creativity for one person is photography, for another person it's cooking, for another person it's organizing, for another person it's creating marketing campaigns you know, like creativity exists in so many different areas of our lives and we can experience it on a regular basis without having to paint, without having to draw or sing or act like the typical um, creative outlets, you know? So um, it was an exciting and challenging (laughs) adventure through those interviews, trying to navigate all these different perspectives Um, but yeah, that's, that's where through these conversations, I, um, found that there were five, um, different aspects that were continuously showing up in conversation naturally. And so those I attribute as the five traits that spark success in my, in my book as well. 
So it kind of breaks down creativity into five main aspects, really, so that we can develop it for ourselves. Awesome. And we're going to break down those traits here in just a second. Before we get to those, I do want to talk to you a little bit because I know we have listeners who are very interested in the creation process of the book and what that looked like for you Mm -hmm. um, from start to beginning. So tell us a little bit about what that process was like for you. It was hard, (laughs) but it is so worth it. Um, I actually ended up I've never published a book before in my life. And I wanted to do the self-publishing route for my first one as well, just so that I could understand it inside out, you know, like I don't want to just hand over the book and not know what's going on on the other side. So um, I hired a mentor and she, um, Gabrielle Boche, she's written several best-selling books and she does a lot of eBooks as well uh, or not eBooks. Well, yeah, she has eBooks too, but <laughs> she's so yeah, a lot of best-selling books and um, they've all been self-published, not all of them, some of them, but um, she was uh, happy to take me on as a client and she's really the person that kind of helped me break down the process and like know how to make a book happen um, because it's, you know, it's a, you're putting yourself on deadlines and you have no idea what to expect if you're doing it for the first time. And it's way more complicated than I ever expected it to be. You know, I assumed that write it and upload it and done, but then like my book would not be selling at all. (laughs) So like it was, um, developing marketing campaigns. It was developing book design covers. Like I had, I ended up having to do voting for a cover because I just, I did not know which image resonated with me the most. So, um, you know, there are just so many little things that you have to take into consideration. And then there's also like book etiquette and the book etiquette is kind of like the normal breakdown of a book. So like you have a forward or you have an intro and, you have um, your acknowledgements and they all go in certain places, which I never would have thought of. Um, I just assumed, you know, right. Thank you at the end. I don't know. (laughs) So um, it's really helpful. Like you're going through the first time to have somebody there who can help you through that process. Um, Because also the other thing is they have connections to credible individuals who can edit the book and make sure that, what you're writing about is accurate and it's like punk, like it's grammatically correct and everything. Um, because even though I like writing, I'm not perfect at it. You know, <laughs> So I can write all day, every day, and I'm going to have tons of like spelling errors. And I change my like we's to I's and ours and, you know, all those little things that, cause you just get caught up in your thoughts. Like it's, there's so much that goes into it. Um, but it's such a rewarding process because like words are just so meaningful and I feel that all these interviews that I've done and the personal experiences that I shared like I'm hoping that those inspire other people to find creativity within themselves and to use it for their advantage whether it's to heal from a loss or a trauma whether it's to um get better at doing something at home. Like if you're trying to like get healthier, like you can use creativity to do all these different like healthier things, you know, you can um, use it in your business for sure. Or like 
if you're an employee, there are just so many different ways that creativity can be implemented into your life. And I, and it's one of the most untapped resources. Um, only about a third of people in the workforce today feel that they're given any creative opportunity. And that I think is just the saddest thing because one, businesses are losing out on one of their most useful um, advantages, which is unique creative perspectives. And then like employees aren't feeling fulfilled either. So creativity just keeps going round and round and it gives and it gives and it gives. And um, so that's kind of a really long answer to your question, <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, it's, that's it's all great. There. <laughs> that's great. And that's, that's super helpful. And you're making my wheels are turning for sure. Like yeah. just like crazy <laughs> thinking, you know, you said about, um, adding creativity to your life, into your health. Mm -hmm. And what, even when you're just saying that I'm like, Oh wow. Like maybe I am doing that. Um, cause I've been doing a workout program called obey for almost a year. And mm -hmm. a lot of the classes are like dance cardio classes. And that's mm -hmm. why I've been able to stick with it. That's why it makes me happy. And I do it much more almost for my happiness than I even do for my health now, because yeah. I enjoy it so much because there is so much creative expression in it, especially Especially with the uh, one teacher, he's hilarious and his dancing and the music he selects is all very expressive and creative. Yeah. So I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. So let's get to the five traits. And I'm wondering too, I don't know if this is sort of already part of your breakdown, but could you kind of give us with each trait, maybe an idea of how we can implement those traits into our lives. And especially if there's just something that's so easy that we could do that we could do basically as soon as we we're done listening to this podcast that we could just start immediately. So I will let you take mm -hmm. the floor and let's do those five traits breakdown. I'm so excited. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So first off, again, I'm going to say that I'm not scientific in this approach whatsoever. These are the observations of my conversations. Um, and so my first trait that I talk that I talk about when you're developing creativity is acknowledging your personal life experience, you know, like an easy way to approach that. If we're going to talk about like one, two, three, here we go. This is what I'm going to do to be creative. When you're looking at your life experience, reflecting on your the shocks that have happened in your life, how have they affected you and how have they, how have you overcome them? Because starting with that shows that creativity has been on your side this whole time. You know, creativity, I also believe is, um, a method of human survival. We didn't get here without being creative where we are today. So one, your life experience, just reflecting on those times that you've overcome challenges, you already then know that you are creative as like a human, you have the innate ability. Yeah. Number two, your expertise. So this is what you've chosen to focus on for your professional life. You know, you've studied everything that you can, you've, or like not even through your professional life, but you've also had experiences in the past that make you now an expert in that realm. So you know, making spaghetti or something like that. Like my husband has gotten, he's gone from like having barely cooked noodles to like perfectly al dente noodles, you know, it's like a process and you can only continue to get more creative with that process over time through your life experience and your expertise. So 
there's another um, quick thing if you're like trying a new recipe or something along those lines. Um, the third is your environment. And this I think is one that a lot of, um, you know, my readers and my community have the most challenge with because they don't always have control over their environment. You know, if you work in an office, you don't really have that much control over how you can relate or connect with that space. So it's really important to just find a safe space, either at work or at home, where you can just non-judgmentally create. And what do I mean by create? So another like quick little tip that I'm just going to throw in as well is if you don't know where to begin when it comes to creativity, like just sit with yourself for a second and say, what is creativity? And the first activity that comes to your mind, just do it. Like it, you don't have to be good at it. If it's art, you don't have to be Picasso, you know, you can just do it. And then your mind will already begin to associate you being creative with that act. Like, Hey, you are creative. You're doing it. You're, you're acting on this creativity. So that's just another little side tip. And that's what I mean by finding a safe space to just create doing something that your mind already believes um, you is creative. The next one is flexibility. And the reason that I talk about flexibility is because it is a windy road when you're going with creativity and it will challenge you again and again and again and again, because it requires you to be vulnerable. So accepting that vulnerability and risk taking as part of the creativity route is a huge aspect in and authentically creating and in creating for impact. So um, for that, I think that it just kind of comes with experience, you know, not um, like giving into your imposter syndrome or your inner critic. And we all have those, but it's just like, hey, like I'm just being creative. I'm not trying to solve world hunger at the moment. I'm just trying to express myself for like, for just this moment, what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, whatever it may be. So flexibility and just allowing yourself to adjust and flow with that experience. Um, and then your grit. And this is also another one that um, is a little challenging because like a lot of experiences that I've seen is like, okay, I was vulnerable once, I risked it, I made an artwork, do I have to do it again? Yes, you have to do it again. You Like this is part of the process as well. And what is grit? It's your ability to just keep working on something and to keep making it better. It's like going out, going to a gym, you know, like the more you work a muscle, the stronger it gets. And creativity is like a muscle. You have to continue to work it in order to really see the benefits from it. And um, so those are the five things, again, life experience, expertise, environment, flexibility, and grit. And all of those contributed to every single person's creative development that I spoke with. And like, even my own, you know, it's like a checklist, basically. Um, and I'm sure that like, as like, I go through that list, ideas can like pop into your mind about like, how that applies to me and how it implies my experiences and um, like, moving, you've moved a couple of times, you're just saying like Atlanta, and now you're in Ohio. And so like moving is a huge creative process. It's a huge spark of creativity. Um, so there are tons and tons of life experiences around us that are always giving us the opportunity to implement creativity in new ways. So those are the five. <laughs>
That is awesome. I have to say, I think I have the creativity gene. Yes. <laughs> that is, that is everything you were saying was, was totally resonating with me. Um, what was the first one again that you life experience, life experience that one for me totally directly correlates to the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. I started this during COVID during a time when I didn't have a lot of opportunity to be creative. I'm lucky mm-hmm. that in my day job, I do have a decent amount of creativity. Um, again, all about kind of how you view it. And I'm mm-hmm. lucky that I do have an employer that lets me really flex my creative muscles in a way that benefits mm-hmm. the organization that I work for. Um, but in a time when I wasn't able to be creative with other people, I started the podcast to express my creativity. Yeah. So I, I definitely, when you were talking about that, I relate to that. And what was the second one again? Expertise. Expertise. Oh, and you, you talked about like making a recipe and things like that. So mm-hmm. how would you, encourage someone. Cause I, I have to wonder if there's a connection between a, a fear of being creative and a feel of fear of failure. Cause when you were mm-hmm. talking about, you know, like making the spaghetti over and over again, yeah. kind of thing. Um, is that something that you found that people who, um, can let go of that fear are a little bit more able to be creative? Well, yes and no. Um, So fear plays a very interesting role when it comes to creativity. And it kind of ties into that vulnerability aspect that I was talking about when it comes to like being flexible in your creative endeavors, because we are, we as humans are meant, we always act in order to protect ourselves. So if we're going to do something that we've never done before, our body to protect it, our mind to protect itself, is going to hesitate. It's going to push back a little, you know, it's going to make you aware of the risks that are, that you're facing. And whether that's like social anxiety or personal anxiety, or like, I I don't know, scared of the dark. And if you're trying to like do something with glow paint, I don't know, but um, like your mind and your body are just trying to protect yourself. So when you think about like, like how you mentioned people who don't give into fear. It's not that they're not necessarily giving into it. It's just that they're accepting its role in the process. You know, it, fear is there to protect you. It's not there to scare you really when it comes to being creative. It's there to tell you like, hey, this is new. Watch out, like take, be careful, you know. And it's like, yeah, okay, I get that. But like, thank you, fear. I'm going to set you to the side and I'm going to just try this. And the more that you try and you push fear, it's going to like, fear is always going to be part of your makeup as a human, but you will be able to navigate that relationship with fear so much better, especially the more that you act on your creative nature, on your creative strengths. It's just going to continue to fuel that fire and that like, and simmer that relationship with your fear and your anxieties so that you can be vulnerable in a way that makes a positive impact. Yeah. I, I always have been kind of fascinated with fear and the impact Mm -hmm. it's played in my life and have been somewhat strangely, I guess, aware of how it has impacted my life. And Mm -hmm. 
I especially was really into this while I was a huge Taylor Swift fan. So unfortunately, (laughs) when the Fearless album came out, fortunately, unfortunately, it really prompted me to think about being fearless because she talked about being fearless a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the quotes, I don't know if you know this, but I was Miss Ohio six years ago now. Um, But one of the quotes that I would always share when I was talking at like a school or any kind of appearance is a Taylor Swift quote about being fearless. And, um, it's being fearless. Isn't being unafraid. It's being terrified and jumping in anyway. And I'm thinking as you're, you're saying what you were saying that if we can think of things more as expressions of ourselves, then that kind of can help us give into that fear mm-hmm. um, and let that fear just fuel us. Cause I actually, yeah. I, I feel like the times that I feel fear can also be the times where I am the most creative or the most successful. Yeah. If I don't have any bit of fear in me before I start a podcast episode, I'm probably flat. You know, I'm not yeah. as expressive. So I, I really like that part too of the expertise, um, mm-hmm. expertise side. So what yeah, was, cause you just keep pushing it. You just keep going, you know, exactly. Mm-hmm. Ex- exactly. And then what was number three again? Environment. Environment. That one is definitely really interesting. I, I have to think that has to be, I don't know if there's an order of which might be like the hardest to overcome or mm-hmm. the one that people most often have trouble with. I have to think that that would often be very stifling for people. For me, I think, like I said, I'm lucky that right now in life, I'm Mm -hmm. definitely in an environment both personally and professionally where Mm -hmm. I really am given that creative freedom. And I feel like honestly, my creativity is celebrated, which is such a privilege (laughs) that I get to have that. Um, But not, not everyone is that lucky. So how, Mm -hmm. what kind of advice do you give for someone who's maybe working their corporate job? I'm, I'm thinking especially of maybe younger people who are starting their careers off. Maybe they're in a corporate office where there's thousands of people. They're trying to make their way up the ranks or figure out what they're trying to do. What kind of advice would you give them? Yeah, I would definitely recommend one, starting with that activity, just like what does, what is creativity? And the person that comes to your mind, jumping towards it, because what I have personally found as well. So aside from doing all this, I also work full time at a jewelry store. And, um, so the more that I gave into my creative expression at home and with my book and with this creative strategy program and like coaching business that I'm going, that I'm building, um, I was able to do way better at my other job, like where it's all sales and customer service and everything. I found so much more happiness in that role than I have in a long time because I was fulfilling myself so much creatively in another outlet. So it's not that just you have to find a creative route at work. Um, It's just you have to find a way to express yourself and find that happiness and creativity within you because it overflows into every other area of your life. You know, my relationships improved, my friendships improved, my um, health improved, everything kept just increasing and increasing just because I was expressing myself fully and in a new way, challenging myself in new ways and 
trying to intentionally utilize my creative strengths in a way that was going to benefit me. And I cannot stop now. <laughs> like you, like with your workouts, like you're just like, I love it because it makes me happy and I'm not stopping now. I'm going to keep dancing. And that's how I am with writing. I, and there are days of course, where I don't want to write. So like I might feel drained or not, or uninspired or something like that. But if you just like put a computer in front of me or a keyboard or a pen and paper, and I start jotting down words, I just go right back into that. You know, it's a snap. You just, and you can't help it. You can't help it. It's just, it becomes part of you. And when that creative creativity blossoms from your soul, it radiates everywhere in your life. I like wholeheartedly believe that. So um, that's what I would say. If you're stuck in a corporate job, you don't like what you're doing, or you're feeling like you're in a rut or a routine, do something that fills you up because it's going to overflow everywhere. <laughs> It'll be raining glitter all around you. <laughs> I, I endorse the raining glitter. I yes. <laughs> <laughs> love the raining glitter. Oh, oh my gosh. Number four. What was number four again? Flexibility. Flexibility. Mm -hmm. That's one we probably all really had to flex Mm -hmm. in the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So how have you applied that to your life? So, I mean, yeah, flexibility, again, is one of those aspects that contributes to all areas of your life. Um, and the sense of creativity, I believe that it's about understanding that creativity is not a straight line. You know, it's in any endeavor that you go into a business endeavor, a, a marketing endeavor, a friendship, a um, collaboration, you know, whatever it may be, there are going to be bumps on that road. And it's about learning that the bumps don't mean it's the end. You know, it's, it's another challenge. It's another hurdle, but you've already done all the other ones so far. So you can take care of this one. It's not all or nothing. Nobody's going to bury you and dance on your grave. So it's all about just realizing that you have to allow yourself that ability to flow, to adjust when needed. And it's, it's hard to adjust. We, again, as humans, we don't want to change what we're doing or who we are because we're being protective of ourselves. So uh, hello pandemic and everybody has to like change their entire lives. Um, flexibility is something that now I feel like our world can grasp a little bit better, but it's still, it's still a core aspect of creativity because ultimately, again, like my definition is creativity is your unique ability to produce new results. And it's the new results part that we, that relates back to flexibility because we don't know what's going to happen. You know, like we don't have the end result in sight. Exactly. Even if somebody comes up with the like perfect image of what something is supposed to be, I can guarantee you that there's going to be something off or a little different about that first vision, you know? It's, um, and it's just about accepting, like allowing that flexibility to happen in and out of your, of your life in your experience. So, um, that I think, yeah, we have definitely become a little more accustomed to it, but it's definitely something that we can continue to work on for the future. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, and even in saying that too, I'm thinking of when I think of like results and things like that to me, 
a word that I connect to results often would be like success or validation. Mm -hmm. So like you said, being, even being flexible, not with what the result, like I'm trying to think the best way to say this, not like what the outcome is, but even your, your like definition of the result. I think that's, that's been a big thing for me in the podcast that anytime I have, you know, like imposter syndrome or anything, or maybe an episode isn't as popular or an Instagram video doesn't get as many likes as I'd hoped. I, my friend Lizzie is great. And she's, she's always so encouraging of me and I'll, I'll text her and be like, like, I just, I really wish this would have reached more people. I wish this would have produced the results that I wanted. And Mm -hmm. she'll text me back and be like, well, but did you, did it make you happy? Did it make you feel more confident? Did it make Mm -hmm. you feel like you got to express yourself? So those are also results. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also success. Like, that's another thing that um, I actually interviewed a gentleman, Chris Young, for my book, and he owns a event production business. And um, I've worked with him in the past on events. And I was just talking to him about, you know, his definition of success as well. And he said it's an ever-changing evolutionary definition for him because if he was to say, like, success for me is in my business age is like a hundred thousand dollars. So he's like, if I reach a hundred thousand dollars, what do I just close the business? You know? So it's success has to continue to grow and evolve with you as you develop and as you learn more, because it's going to continue to change and you don't want to like, just get to a point and be like, okay, I've succeeded. Now what, you know? So I think that, um, you're, you're lucky to have a friend like Lizzie (laughs) who can help like remind you that it is ever changing, but that there are also different perspectives to approaching success and not just like, there's so many words like this, you know, and that's why I believe in the beauty of all these writings and conversations, you know, words are important. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. (laughs) Okay. And remind me again, what the fifth one is grit grit. Uh, yes, that is something I think you definitely have to have and kind of taking it back to relating to the fourth one. I think you can even build grit by being flexible and accepting those results and, and yes. not seeing a failure. Yes, you can. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What were some of the best examples that you found while interviewing people about grit? So, um, I focus on two stories and they are two very personal, um, people in my life that I like talked about. Um, the first one is my mom. And so my mom was an internationally renowned art dealer. She represented my grandfather, but she also represented other artists and she, um, really, but she's really the reason that my grandfather's art skyrocketed to the point where it did and become as he became as renowned as he did. He was the first um, Western artist to be shown in the UAE. He uh, like had artwork in over 150 museums and galleries around the world. And that was just because of her grit. Like she just kept going, kept going, kept going. Except if you were to ask her if she would have ever thought that she would be in the art business. When she was in high school, she flunked art. Like, how does somebody flunk art first off? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, mom, this, that's like, that's insane. And she was like, I was told to never go into the art field, never do anything with art, like that I wasn't artistic, that I would never be creative, like, or successful in this field or this realm or whatsoever. And she networked 
her butt off and connected with so many people like yourself. She's a connector. And just by bringing together relationships and always saying yes, she says that her success is really um, like 80% just showing up because some people just like flaked or, you know, and she was always there. If she said she was going to be there, she was there and she was full, fully there, fully present, ready to go. And um, it allowed my grandpa's like business of his art to just keep building and building. It allowed me to travel to over 30 countries before the age of 25. Like she like really just kept going, kept flexing and kept working harder at that at her creative strengths in order to get to where she eventually became like where she was this renowned art dealer. So, um, it's, uh, so yeah, that was, um, one of the examples that I use because it was just so present in my life. I was like, I can't not write about this as well. Um, cause it's been a lifelong journey. And I think that that's important to recognize also that it's not just one and done. Like I said earlier, either it's like, you have to recognize that it goes on and on and on and you have to keep going, going, going. You can't just be vulnerable or take a risk once. You have to do it multiple times in order to keep that muscle flex and to keep it growing. Um, like that was, that was like a really big story in that book. Um, and then I just interviewed, a, I interviewed a lot of people on grit and creativity. Um, and that's the one that like jumps out to me the most because it's the one that I um, just know the best. And I think that it's one of the ones that can really make a difference. You know, another one, um, is Thomas Gerst, who is the cultural head of BMW. Um, and he was one of my professors, but when I was speaking to him, he was actually telling me about one of his, um, papers that his thesis papers that he wrote, where he was studying prisoners of war and how they, coped with their certain situations because everything's been taken away from them everyone's been taken away from them and yet if you go to some of the camps that um are around the world and he has studied a lot of them um you will find carvings on the walls you will find artistic expression through different like rock colorings and stuff like that everywhere like creativity forces itself out in one way or another. And so in itself, it is an aspect of grit also. You will always find people like expressing themselves no matter what their conditions are or what their situation is. And I think that that's a very impactful message also. I really have had a very interesting experience with my creative um, expression and my creative strengths. You know, and for me, it's been a lot of um, loss and trauma response that has sparked my most creative um, eras of my life. And I think that if it weren't for my like ability to go back and create and write and express myself and to do it when I was in a dark place and didn't want to or didn't feel inspired to, that I wouldn't be where I am today. You know, like by having creativity, like, there without even realizing that that's what it was that was driving me or like helping me like stay hopeful in a like sad and dark time in my life um it just like it would have really impacted the way that my life turned out I think so um 
I'm very thankful for creativity on a regular basis, for the ability to create, the ability to express myself, and the ability to share that creativity to connect with other people. Because ultimately, that's what the, I believe the beauty of creativity is, is our ability to share our experiences and our interpretations with others. So um, yeah, I, that's, that's that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can totally relate to that. I mean, creativity is definitely my coping mechanism mm-hmm. and I feel like this conversation is bringing, bringing to the front for me so much of like, Oh, okay. That's why I do that. <laughs> yeah. But, but I'm, I feel very lucky that, um, I have that. And, mm-hmm. uh, but that writing for me, I am someone like I, I, I don't need, need things to be perfect, but I want things to be beautiful, whether they're like sad or happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I didn't have that creativity, I don't know where I would have channeled that. It's, right. It really has been my channel for um, both the best and the worst times of life. Right. So yes. Um, yeah, it's definitely, I love that. So I want to ask some more sort of like advice questions. And some of these questions too are coming from, uh, questions that people have sent in through Instagram. So I know some people in my life that are extremely creative. They're, Mm -hmm. um, maybe not business savvy. They're not, um, what we typically consider results driven, like they are so happy with the results that they get that they, um, don't garner results that necessarily help them live through society. If you get what I'm saying that they're, uh-huh. they want to be a professional artist, a professional musician, but they're not able to make money off of that. Um, how do you help someone channel their creativity and their talents into a profession, um, that, you know, maybe they're still doing their side thing where they're able to be fully expressive in that way, but how do you help someone make it in society when they're such a creative person? Yeah, that is a question I get often because it is so sad. First off that it, well, let me, let me explain what I mean by it's sad. First off, it's sad that art and creativity are the first courses removed from schools nowadays, you know, like if, if there's budget cuts, it's automatically to the art and the creativity side. So one, a lot of people are growing up in a world where creativity is not celebrated as much as it used to be. And it's becoming way easier to um, like reproduce ideas in easier, cheaper, faster ways, which is great for a lot of artists, but like, and creatives in general. Um, But if somebody is looking for, um, you know, like painting on a canvas or um, watercolors and stuff like that, it's more about telling the story than it is about the um, result, which is a good thing for creatives because if they're not so like associated with the end results. Um, it's, um, I, I think that it's really important to just hone in on that story that they're telling through that art. Um, because ultimately, even if they don't understand what the results are supposed to be or what they're expecting the outcome to become, um, that story will in essence tell itself. Um, so I think that storytelling is a huge, huge benefit 
to developing an artistically creative business um, that will really help find deeper connections with your audience, your community, possible customers. Um, I just like, I really can't say enough about that aspect in general. Um, and the other thing is then people who do seek out um, like collegiate level of creative endeavors, like they study photography or art. They're also not taught how to build a business out of it. They're just taught all the different techniques and skills on how to make it happen and how to make it work, but they're not taught, you know, how to um, like put yourself out there for gallery shows or how to request like, or how to, how to finance it or how to even price what they've done. You know, it's such a subjective topic that I am so disappointed that a lot of college programs don't touch on it, that they don't talk about it. Um, because really a lot of the artists are relying on their own communities and to help guide them and like to compare and see, and that's not how art should be priced. That's not how um, creativity should be compared. You know, um, it's such a challenging field that I give anybody who dares enter it props, you know? Um, and it also shows that they are really passionate about it then. And I think that that's the other thing, you know, society has totally removed the whole idea of following something because it's your passion. You know, you're told to like get a job, like be able to raise your family, have enough money to rent, like rent a space or buy a house and like follow all the rules of society. And so passion is left at the wayside for a lot of people. And um, I think that like really first off creatives need to just give themselves a pat on the back for like getting out of that rut and like moving themselves from society standards. Um, and then also give themselves a break because they are fighting against years of this belief and of it being removed from education in general. So the appreciation standards have just like wavered completely. And um, I think that it's just all about telling your story and finding those people who will genuinely connect because once you find those people, you will have them for life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sounds like networking is almost like a first step for someone who's maybe just an ultra creative, not interested in business, <laughs> mm -hmm. but they kind of, they have to be to a certain degree. Um, if, if they choose that that's what they want to make their profession, but networking mm -hmm. and, and meeting those right people that can help lead them in that direction is super helpful. And I mm -hmm. think, I think too, that this question is something that might even completely dissolve year, you know, 10 years from now or so, because I think even our generation and definitely the generation below us, we have so many, I mean, just unlimited resources. Like, should mm -hmm. I be able to record a podcast off equipment that I bought off Amazon in my bedroom? Like <laughs> we have so many resources available to us at our fingertips that we can take and do ourselves. So I mm -hmm. think at least it feels like in that way with the changing times that maybe, um, our generation and the generation below us will be even more natural to try to make our creativity into a profession that helps us and, and helps others. Yeah, I completely agree. Mm -hmm. I 100% see that as a direction for sure. 
Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. So I want to ask a question for my mom too. So my mom, um, she retired after 35 years of teaching middle school. Um, yeah, she retired at the end of, of the 2020 school year. So she retired during COVID, which was really sad, but, um, she, I think from what I know of her teaching always did a really great job of expressing her creativity into her teaching and and with her kids, Mm -hmm. she did a great job of taking that creativity she had and putting it with another passion for children and teaching and was able to really make a great living and, you know, live a great life because of and have a great retirement (laughs) because of it. Um, but now she, I, I don't think she's lost by any means, but she's definitely looking for kind of like that next area to channel her creativity. So where are some of the places she should start and just what kind of general advice would you give someone who's maybe transitioning into a next phase of life? Yeah, there are a lot of different ways to spark creativity in um, different different avenues and different like paths. Um, but also, like props to your mom. I can't like like tr- like translating and interpreting creativity for your own, and then like also trying to do it for kids. That's like such a ch- challenge. Well, I and I think like, even I like- think that's that's like the actually that's a really interesting thing that I that really actually helps define my question even more because Mm -hmm. I think she's really great at channeling it for other people and for Mm -hmm. helping other people. But now I'm like, mom, you have to just enjoy it. Do it because you love it kind of thing. Um, and she is also considering maybe taking up some kind of part-time retirement job where she wants to have even more freedom and Mm -hmm. creative freedom. So how do you inspire someone to, um, like you said, get that, that creative spark and then, uh, do it for themselves and not for someone else. (laughs) Yeah. So my favorite question begins with the word, how, like if you are finding yourself interested in something, literally putting the word how in front of like what you're doing will spark you to start thinking in new ways and to do something. So, um, you know, how do I organize my kitchen pantry? You come up with like 30 different ideas and then you can go with one, whatever like sparks the most interest in you. And that's just going to continue to like fuel your creativity. Curiosity is one of the biggest like proponents when it comes to creative development, asking more questions, finding out what triggers that excitement and that passion, what ignites that creative fire. Um, and again, I like to start with asking the question, how, when she knows she likes something, if it like, if it came to classroom design or, um, I don't know, or curriculum, like, how can I apply this to my life now? And just like write down lists of things that come to her mind right off the bat. Um, and it's going to help her find a connection to a new way of doing it that she might not have thought of before. So, um, yeah, I, I love the question. How (laughs) I think that's, that is a really good question to start with. I think Mm -hmm. it's something that probably some people think naturally, but, and, and that's interesting too, because sometimes honestly, when you first said how that almost sounds more like an engineering question, question to me, mm-hmm. you know, but then yeah. when, when you really break it down, it can apply to so many, so many different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I try to use how as many times 
the day as I can, unless I already know how to do something like a process that's already set. But maybe I would still ask, how can I make this process better? Awesome. And we'll wrap it up with our life concierge tip of the week. So our life concierge tip can be anything that is helping you live your best life possible. It could be a makeup product. It could be a quote. It can be anything that you feel is influencing your life for the better that might help someone else. So what is your life concierge tip, Rose? My life concierge tip well, I think that we've actually kind of touched on this idea a little bit throughout. We did the, give a lot of tips already today. We gave a lot of tips, <laughs> but um, this one I didn't really touch upon because I was saving it for this moment. Okay. So another one of my favorite artists, Marcel Duchamp, uh, he's a French surrealist artist. Um, he is the one who um, did the urinal on the side. He like specialized in ready-made objects. So um, he's one of my favorites. I actually named my dog after him, but um he has a quote, and I think it will resonate with this whole conversation a lot, that says, there is something like an explosion in the meaning of certain words. They have greater value than their meaning in the dictionary. And this quote, like, it gives me chills when I say it, like, I have chills right now, because there are so many words that we think are solidified in their definition that just simply are not. And they stop us from going after our passions, our dreams, from being creative, from doing the best that we can be because of our own hesitations and anxieties associated with those words based on whatever is happening in the world. And I think that it's so important to remember that your perspective is your reality and you can define creativity. You can define success. You can define perfection. You can define beauty however you want to. And it will make the most positive impact in your life for you and your community around you. So that is my life concierge tip. <laughs> That's amazing. I should probably not share like a Taylor Swift quote after that. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to let you wrap it up with the life concierge tip this time. Well, thank you so much, Rose. Oh my gosh. It was so much fun, Sarah. I love this conversation and I love you and your energy. Just like keep doing what you're doing because it's oh, incredible. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Life Concierge Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps and you won't miss an episode when you subscribe. Catch all the latest from Life Concierge Podcast and follow at Life Concierge Podcast on Instagram. You can also visit the website lifeconciergepodcast.com to learn more, leave a note, or recommend a topic or guest for an upcoming episode. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.